today on Ag News Daily. China, of course, is our number one customer, and uh, but Mexico is is like our third largest customer, and uh, Canada is in that top ten. We can't afford to to lose countries like that. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Tuesday, May twenty third edition of Ag News Daily. I am co-host Mike Pearson, joined by co-host Delaney Howell. Delaney, how are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? I am good. I'm kind of echoey in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of nice. This is the last day we'll be in this office, folks, so we really apologize if the audio isn't there today. Right. Well, it's there. It's just a little echoey. Yeah, yeah. Echo, echo, echo. <laughs> how you doing, Delaney? I'm good, Mike. How about you? Good, good. So, folks, we are diligently working on our website. We uh, cut a video today. Which wait, is... wait, wait. We? We? I was here. But what have you done for the website? I helped cut a video today. I was just saying that, Delaney. I have also uploaded a whole bunch of stuff. To the website? Well, to wherever you need it Uh for the website. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an assistant on the web. You all all can tell folks that I'm doing the real work here for the website. I'm old, as Delaney frequently points (laughs) out to me, and old people don't get web stuff. So that's the youngins thing. That Uh means it's you. Sure. All right. So anyway, we're putting Delaney is putting together this video, and uh, we are going to have it up on the website this week. We will be going live with Ag News Daily on Friday, so be sure to type that into your browser and mark it as a favorite. And uh, in the meantime, Delaney, what else is going on? Well, I've been working a lot on the website, so I haven't had as much time to look at news. That's what your job has been this week. Precisely. <laughs> but obviously, we had big news yesterday. Governor Terry Branstead's confirmation as the ambassador of China has been confirmed. And that is big news. It is nice. He is uh, actually tomorrow. They're doing a full transition of power here in the state of Iowa. Yes. Branstead is resigning as governor, being uh, officially named ambassador, and then handing over power to the lieutenant governor. And that's all big news, Delaney. But there was really big news that dropped just a couple days ago. It flew underneath my radar. Oh, really? Yes. What is Huge it? news. What is it? This news is the kind of news that will throw people completely off their game. Are you familiar, Delaney, with a liger? It's a, a lion, lion half tiger. tiger. Yeah. Yes. Well. I think it's a fake creature. It, it is not a fake creature. Okay. It is not just featured in Napoleon Dynamite. In <laughs> fact, the animal rights groups, uh, PETA, Mercy for Animals, and I believe one other one, are working, Animal Legal Defense Fund, are working to make breeding ligers illegal. They're trying to steal the one thing poor Napoleon Dynamite had going for him. These animal rights groups are taking them away. So, the liger. Man the barricades. So they want to get rid of both ligers and tigans, which is the other half, tiger and a lion. What's the difference? One is, and I'm going to get them mixed up. One, okay, here we go. Ligers. This is from The Hill. Ligers are the offspring of a female tiger and a male lion, and they are predisposed to gigantism. And tigons are the result of breeding a female lion and a male tiger, and they don't usually survive infancy. So, mm-hmm. sad deal there with the tigons. But uh, that's that's the big news out there in the. Uh, I feel like the Onion now we're reporting like fake news or something. But it's not fake. This is real. Yeah, I know. I'm Animal sure rights groups, though. man, they're always trying to, always trying to, you know, hurt America. Okay, is that all? Is that all you got to say about that, Mike? That's all I'm going to say about that. 
Okay, well, can I? Can we move on? To please do, please. Serious? Let's move on. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer has asked the U.S. International Trade Commission to do a quote-unquote quick study on the economic impact of eliminating any remaining duties on Mexican and Canadian goods. I say quote-unquote because they're guessing that we won't get any results from this quick study until 2027. <laughs> <laughs> but he's obviously trying to do a study in the pur- for the purpose of the renegotiation of NAFTA. And there will actually be a public hearing regarding NAFTA on June 27th. So written comments and in-person comments are welcomed at this uh, meeting, I guess you could call it. Okay. but it, So it's a 10-year study, and that's mm-hmm. a quick study. Right. Jeez, i got to get a job with the government. Yeah. I mean, that's what this comes down to. Mm. Holy cow. Well, speaking of government, Delaney, we had other news. Donald Trump uh, proposed a budget again, apparently. Yes. Right. And uh, this one was called the Working for the Taxpayer something budget. And in this one, actually, there was, uh, it's a whole lot of, you know, political dream stuff, both Houses of Congress have said this budget isn't going anywhere. But something interesting happened in this budget, and that was President Trump proposed selling half of the U.S. strategic oil reserve. And uh, basically the idea is we don't need to have such a large reserve by by law or by agreement with the uh, International Energy Association. We are required as a member of that organization to have 90 days of oil on hand of imported oil on hand and as of right now we've got 145 days so trump is proposing let's sell it off it's going to be a 10-year sales program and at current prices it would net uh oh just about just shy of 17 billion dollars over 10 years so it's not not a huge thing but what it points to is how strong we are as an oil producer in this country versus where we were 10 years ago in uh, as an oil importer so i thought that was interesting hmm, that is interesting and i do have just one other story you know while we're talking about uh international international trade that's on the one side oil production is up in this country sugar consumption is down and so now there has been you know the so-called war on sugar being waged by you know, Mexico. Yeah, Mexico, exactly. They uh, they added a, a fairly large tax on sugary soft drinks. A lot of U.S. cities have other countries around the world. And so the sugar industry is now concerned that we are seeing a fundamental shift in sugar demand. They call it a step change lower that uh, really is going to mean a smaller growth in the demand of sugar going forward. So that's putting a lot of pressure on sugar producers, both uh, beet and cane, and uh, as well as with competition from uh, high fructose corn syrup. Well, and yesterday in the news, actually, now that you're speaking about sugar, um, a bipartisan group of 51 House members have been lobbying for suspended retaliatory tariffs on Mexican sugar imports. So I'm wondering if that's part of the reason is to boost the U.S. sugar economy. Yeah, it probably is, because Mexico last year, um, I believe we currently have a... uh, uh, I believe we currently have a petition before the World Trade Organization yeah. accusing them of dumping. Is that yes. correct? Yeah, and countervailing something measures. Yes, we're hoping to get countervailing measures. Yes. Yeah. I think okay. so. So that's what I've got for the news, Delaney Howell. 
Yeah, I don't have too much more. The Another budget came out today from President Trump, but I don't really get why he keeps releasing more budgets. Like, he already released that one back in March. Yeah, uh, it's just what they do. They just yeah. crank them out up there, you know. And, oh, here was something interesting. So a lot of us in agriculture are probably familiar with the co-op CHS. Uh, let's see, as of yesterday... Carl Cassell, who has been their CEO for the past several years, he is out. They, uh, the ag sector of CHS um, basically made about $12 million less than they did uh, last year and in the first six months of the year. And, you know, there's just not a whole lot of upside. So they're, they're looking for a change at the top. Right now, Jay DeBurton, and Jay, I apologize if I've mispronounced your name, he will be stepping up to uh, take the lead. All right. Well, you know, actually, Mike, I do have a few things that I could share with our listeners. June is right around the corner, so I think this is a good time to kind of share some of the news about where we'll be in June. You bet. Delaney, where are we going to be in the month of June? Well, the World Pork Expo is coming up, and that just so happens to be held in Des Moines, Iowa, which is where Mike and I are work out of. So we are going to be attending the World Pork Expo if any of the listeners out there are going to be there. Feel free to shoot us a Twitter message or hit us up on Twitter and we'll come meet you in real life. That's right. We'll do a tweet up. Yeah. And that's not the only place we're going to be. That's right. We are also going to be at the first ever Farm Her Women's Conference that's put on by Margie. And uh, we've had her on the podcast before. We uh, are a media partnership with them and we will be hosting the podcast live for those two and a half, three days of the Farm Her Conference. Yeah, so be sure to get your registrations in both for the That's Pork right. Expo and for the Farm Her Conference. I believe I believe Margie still has a couple of spots available, yes. but uh, get in there soon if that's something you'd like to come to. Des Moines in June is absolutely beautiful. It is. The humidity hasn't kicked up yet. Yeah. Not a lot of risk of tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Um, allergy season isn't fully in bloom yet, so it's, it's truly fantastic. It Hopefully is. you all can make it either up or down to the central Midwest and hang out with us. That's right. Other than that, Mike, do you have any other news for today? I don't. I've got no news. I'm looking outside. It looks like we're going to get more rain. It does. Blah. Yeah. And, you know, despite all of the wetness, we talked about this yesterday with Tommy, there's not been much of a market reaction. No, there hasn't been, surprisingly. Do you want to read us today's closing market prices? You know, I guess. Although there's even less of a reaction today. Right. Today we have we have drops across the board. The starting off in the corn market, July corn is down five and a half cents, closed the day at three sixty nine and a half. December corn down five cents, closed at three eighty seven and three quarters. Over in soybeans, July beans dropped eight and a quarter cents, finished the day at nine forty eight and a quarter. November beans down seven and three quarters, closed the day at nine forty eight and a half. Just a half a cent separate July and November beans. Jeez, in the wheat market. Boy, big surprise. Down day there. The wheat market, uh, July contract down four and three quarters, closed at four twenty nine and a half. The December contract down three and a half cents, closed at four sixty six and a quarter. 
Well, let's take a look at the meat industry. Live cattle, the June contracts dropped a dollar and a nickel, finished at 122.875.5. August lives down 92.5, closed at 121.10. Jumping down into feeder cattle, the front month August contract dropped a dollar 27.5, finished at 151.50. September feeders dropped a dollar 10, closed the day at 151.55. Looking at lean hogs, the lean hog market really the only spot of green on the screen today. June lean hogs up 87.5, closed at 80.22. And a half. July unchanged, finished the day at 80.05. Now, Delaney, who are we talking to today? We are talking to uh, one of the, I think he's just maybe one of the vice presidents for the American Soybean Association. I think they do it by geographic location. Is that right, Mike? I, that, that was my understanding. And he is not just a vice president. He is a soybean grower and hog producer. Yes. And his name is John Heisdorfer. Heisdorfer, yes. John Heisdorfer will be joining us here in just a moment. And like Mike said, he does do row crops and he has like 10,000 head of hogs. So he is uh, definitely knows what he's doing in the ag industry. So we're going to talk soybeans with him. If uh, What do you think, Mike? Should we just kick it off? Well, let's do it. Let's hear what John has to say about beans. We are welcoming now John Heisdorfer. He is the vice president for the American Soybean Association and originally from Kyoto, Iowa, where he farms and also has a large hog operation there. John, it looks like 10,000 head of hogs. Yes, I, I contract finish. Yes. Okay, gotcha. But now tell us your history with with the, the American Soybean Association and it looks like also the Iowa Soybean Association. I'm looking at your bio here on the uh, soy growers page on online. Oh, I see. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, I started back with, uh, Iowa soybean association, oh, man, I think it was like 94 and, uh, on the promotion board there. And then I was off for a year and, uh, we put the two boards, the association and, and the, uh, promotion board together under one and, uh, got back on, um, and spend another nine years or so on there, and then uh, elected to ASA uh, to represent Iowa about, um, let's see, I believe I'm in my sixth year. Sixth year. Gotcha. Now, John, I want to jump in here. We've got some big news in the state of Iowa and, of course, for soybeans. Yesterday, Governor Branstad was confirmed as the next ambassador to China. And as an Iowan, I'm sure you've worked with the governor on a couple of different things. And as a soybean grower, how do you feel about him going to be the ambassador to our uh, our largest international purchaser of soybeans? Well, when I first heard the news that... Uh... Trump administration was going was talking uh, with Governor Branstad about that. I was thrilled. Um, you know, um, he's had lots of missions to China uh, promoting Iowa agriculture, and uh, I just don't think there could be any better person, and we couldn't be in any better position to uh, to uh, gain from that um, great. Uh, um, lasting relation yeah definitely what other relationships are you excited about here as we move further into the trump administration well we're we're definitely happy to have a uh, secretary of agriculture now in uh, yes in uh, dc <laughs> uh, yep. uh produce confirmation uh 
I, I have not met him personally yet, but uh, uh, seems to be uh, got right in and got got things moving. Um, you know, we we can talk a little bit about kind of what I I, I think it's con- the stuff that's kind of confirmed, but it's a little bit rumors on on you know the beef uh, imports into China uh, going to be improved. Um, also. Um, uh besides the beef uh what was the other thing um oh can't think of it right now where'd i go all right <laughs> well i mean we've got uh poultry coming from uh possibly coming mm-hmm. from china and potentially going to china and great pork exports going over to china so you know like you say there's some some great relationships with room to grow but uh one of the things that's really jumped out at I think at a lot of North American growers here over the past week was that 30 cent drop in soybean prices last Thursday as crisis kind of erupted in Brazil Mm -hmm. down there. Um, What's your take on that Brazilian situation? Has ASA had any any meetings about it? Do you have a feel for what's going on down there? No, I just I just. Probably just what I've read, same as same as most folks. Uh, you know, the real took a seven percent drop, and uh, that uh, made uh, soybean farmers in Brazil sell because it made their product uh, more valuable. So, uh, and other countries were were willing to take advantage of that. Um, but since then, the dollar has dropped some here in the U.S., and we're actually. Uh, you know, we, we took that big plunge that day, but we've gained back a little each day here. Uh, quite not back to where we were, but, but still it's, it's, um, it's making progress. And so I think, you know, I think it'll all level out and be okay. Now, as far as trade agreements go, what is ASA's feeling or overall feeling about the renegotiation of NAFTA? Well, we're, we're glad to see that. You know, we're now talking renegotiation. That mm-hmm. uh, China, of course, is our number one customer, and uh, but Mexico is is like our third largest customer, and uh, Canada is in that top ten mm-hmm. on on soybean products. So we can't afford to to lose countries like that. Um, they're very valuable to us. Um, there's also a thing called um, LLP low-level presence that um, where you have a trait in in a, a new trait that accidentally gets into a shipment, and let's say it's a very, you know, it's like a combine clean-out or something. And Canada has a 3% tolerance on that, which is what we'd like to see throughout other countries. So the shipments, when we get shipments to you know, going into into China or Vietnam or someplace, they don't get rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a very low level thing, and uh, that that would be a great thing to have in this renegotiation, uh, since Canada already has it. Now, when when we look at exports, do you see more value lie within just exporting soybeans, or or is it more value added to export soybean products like soy oil or meal? Well, the products are always going to, you know, anytime you can value add to to those things, it, uh, you know, it's going to be to your advantage. But, uh, you know, 
we we're going to need all the exports we can get here. We've had a 2016 crop that was, you know, record. Um, the South American crop was huge. Uh, we're looking at more acres here in 2017 in the U.S. and and with these rains uh, uh, across the, a good portion of the Midwest here lately, it's you know slowed down planting. So uh, and and some flooding could be uh, even a few more acres show up. Mm-hmm. Now, John, you're down in uh, southeast Iowa. How do planting conditions look in your part of the world? Well, we were very fortunate. It was fairly dry in my area uh, early on, and so we got the the corn in in real good shape and got all the beans in, actually. Uh, I mean, we had a couple little rains, but uh, nothing to really stop us. So we're we're actually in in really good shape where I am. Good, um, good. I, a lot of folks are uh, not sitting near as pretty from, from what I've heard. Yes, I've, I've talked to some folks, even some other states that uh, – you know, flooding and and have had constant rains and hard you know a month behind getting in and started to start the plant. So that's gonna that's gonna hinge on things here later. Now, John, I've got a, another quick question for you. The American Soybean Association, both the association and then through the uh, Soy Transport Coalition, has been really active in pushing for infrastructure improvements in the locks and dams along the Mississippi and the Missouri River system. Have you heard anything about whether or not there's going to be funding for those kind of projects as we look at this administration? Well, you know, I think you probably uh, maybe have heard a little bit about that, too, as far as uh, I think there was, what, a, a, was it a billion dollars set aside or million dollars or something? I, I mm-hmm. can't exactly remember the number, but but uh, it if that would be great because I've seen some of these locks and dams personally, and uh, – you know they were built back in uh, in the early uh, uh, 1900s, and uh, they're starting to deteriorate pretty fast. And uh, that's pretty pretty uh, valuable to us as farmers to ship our, especially in my part of the world over here, to ship down uh, the Mississippi. Yeah, shoot, you're only what hour big hour from the Mississippi? Maybe a little. Yeah, more. short hour. Mm-hmm. Short hour. Okay. Wow. Yeah. John, what other big things is ASA working on as far as policy or issues? Well, we've got, you know, we've got all kinds of things. But Farm <laughs> Bill, of course, is is mm-hmm. high on our list. You know, we have a we have a task force uh, that we put together, and they've been meeting with uh, with the other commodity groups and, and trying to find some some common ground. We want to. Uh, we want to make sure that we're all on the same page when we go in. And we know that cotton and dairy both need, you know, some kind of a um, uh, little bit of a fix. Um, but I think I think overall, um, if we can have all the commodities together, we were told in the last farm bill, you know, that the commodities were kind of apart and, and not, not working together, you know, wanting this and that uh, differently. And uh, we're... we're we're going to make sure that doesn't happen this time around. Are you worried about crop insurance being cut? Um, I think, you know, crop insurance is one of those things that's that's vital to mm-hmm. to every American farmer. And uh, you know, we gave up direct payments in 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 the current farm bill, and uh, those current 
those payments were um, uh, something we could count on. Um, so crop insurance is 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 just like that. We we got to have crop insurance so we have something that we can count on to uh, in case of you know natural disasters of any kind. Right. Now, one of the other things that uh, I know the Iowa Soybean Association has been really active with, and I'd like to get your take on the uh, ASA, is water quality. You know, we've seen a big push for adding cover crops, you know, doing various things to improve water quality. Is there anything you can tell us on the national scale for uh, as far as how that's going? Any funding becoming available or any uh, neat initiatives we ought to know about? Well, I think I just... See now, I don't know if this is state or federal, but I just did seen something come out about uh, there was some funding available for for cover crops again this fall. Um, uh, you know, and Iowa has been the leader on on this, and there's been a lot of states. Believe me, we uh, uh, as, as the national has looked, we've 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 been watching. You know, all the states have been watching what's happening. You know, what has gone on in Iowa, and uh, pretty. Uh, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, um, happy that that they were able to um, get this lawsuit settled, done with, uh, kicked out. Um, it makes it uh, we can do things on our own that we don't need to be told told by the government to do. So. Right. Let each farmer do what works best on his or her operation. We we usually know what how our land you know needs to be operated whether we need uh some kind of containment for for uh soil erosion or or if we need cover crops and things like that um i think they're great i think they they work for most people i don't think you know necessarily work for everybody but but uh, like i said you got to know your own farm that's exactly right well john we want to uh let you get back to your day and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here today well, thanks for, for letting me uh, tell you a few things about ASA and, and what we uh, are working on. You bet. We'll, uh, we'll keep your number handy, and as things change, we'll, uh, we'll give you another shout-out. Good luck this growing season. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Again, a big thank you to John, who is with the American Soybean Association, but located actually in our neck of the woods in uh, southeast Iowa. That's right, down there, actually in your neck of the woods. woods, How far is Kyoto from uh, CJ? I was thinking about that during the interview. I want to say it's about an hour, okay, like a big hour. Okay, all right, not too, not too far. So no, a lot of lot of things going on there in the world of soybeans. You know, it's one of those things that you know Tommy talked about yesterday. It's so much nicer to sell a ten dollar bushel of beans or a you know gosh nine fifty bushel of beans overseas than it is a. $3 bushel of corn, but on all of these commodities, it's so much better when we can value add either in the belly of a steer in the case of corn or in the belly of a pig or a chicken in the case of beans and bean meal. That's right. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. A lot of people have been mentioning that. And I would, I mean, of course, value added that implies that it's worth more, but I just... I don't know. I never really thought about it in that instance before. Yeah. Yep. Always good to put more dollars in our pockets. All right, Delaney, what are we doing tomorrow? Tomorrow we are talking to a research manager for Valent, 
and she does a lot of research in the Midwest and in South America. Perfect. So we will have a very round discussion, a well-rounded yeah. discussion tomorrow. That's right. In the meantime, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.